Good morning. It is so good to see you. It's good to be here. I haven't been here in this building, I guess, on a Sunday in several weeks. Um, it is because uh, we've had a lot of updates this last year, and um, we've been t- sharing with you online a little bit, but just in case you've sort of missed it, we've had a, a God-led staff reshuffle, which has been really fun. Um, a lot of people are doing a lot of different things, and God's putting us in places we're really passionate about. And um, so over 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 the COVID-19 fiasco, I have become the youth pastor here, and I'm loving it. So I've been in the preteen building a lot lately, um, and I've got to preach at Springbrook recently, um, and it's all just been really good things. So, But it's really good to be here with you guys worshiping, and we get to uh, celebrate one of the themes of Advent this morning, and that theme is the theme of hope the theme of hope. And hope is really near and dear to my heart because I didn't realize how important hope was until I lost it for a minute. And uh, it was not a good thing. I don't ever want to experience what it feels like to lose hope for a minute ever again uh, the rest of my entire life. Uh, It was horrible to lose hope, even just for a moment. I, I guess when you experience a moment of hopelessness, you realize how desperate we are and how incredible it is um, to have hope in your life. Hope is an absolute gift from the Lord. Um, A lot of you guys know my story last year during our sabbatical. People always ask, how was your sabbatical? And I'm like, it was the worst three months of my life. Um, Because uh, just before it, I had a surgery, a hysterectomy that did not go well, and it left me in a great deal of pain and um, all of the doctors um, could not tell me what I wanted to hear. Uh, all the doctors were like, well, that pain may or may not go away. And uh, it was a terrifying experience. Um, and there were moments of hopelessness for the first time in my life. And the only thing that got me through any of that was me reminding myself over and over again in doctor's offices and on physical therapy tables and in my bed that my hope is not in doctors and my hope is not in medicine. My hope is in Christ. And that is the only thing that got me through that really, really dark season. I could find hope anywhere else, like nothing physical or tangible or no one else could give me the hope that I needed. It was only in Christ that I found the hope that I desperately needed. Guys, we cannot underestimate our need for hope. I mean, if you think about it, we use this word hope all of the time. Uh, I, I, I had never really thought about it before, but it's constant. We say hope all the time, all day long. We say things like, oh, I hope you have a great day, or I hope you do well on that test, or I hope to make a difference in this world. I, I hope you have a healthy baby. I, I hope I get a raise. You know, I, I hope this person likes me. We're always using this word hope. I mean, it's amazing how, how this small word has such an enormous impact on our lives. I mean, so big that the truth is it is hard to live or make it through even one day without hope or without even saying hope or relying on hope. So what is hope? What is hope exactly? It was such a weird thing to define. Uh, I found a really great definition for what it is. Hope is a vision for better days that changes us in the present. So hope is a vision for better days. That's when we believe that there is something good ahead. We have a vision for better days. And because of that, it changes us now. It transforms who we are in the present. And so hope is this really powerful, life-giving thing for our future and for our now. And so where does this hope come from? 
Well, for some, this hope is rooted in optimism. It's rooted in just being a positive thinker. But thankfully for Christians, it is so much more than that. And it is so much more certain than that. For Christians, our hope is not rooted in positivity. Our hope is rooted in promise. Our hope is rooted in the person and the promises of God. Our hope is rooted in the person and the promises of God. You see, guys, hope is what we have when our optimism runs out, right? Now, I'm a fairly optimistic person, and I'm sure you all know optimistic people in your lives, but this has been 2020, and even the most positive and optimistic people you know have probably had a really hard time keeping it positive this year, right? But good thing, hope goes beyond optimism. It goes beyond positive thinking. Hope is rooted in God's promises. God has made so many promises to us in his word, so many promises that we all know and love, like I will never leave you or forsake you, or my love will never fail you, or I will always fight for you, or I will always be your strength. I will always be your God, your guide. My love for you is unfailing. My love for you is unshakable. I will go and prepare a place for you. And when I come back, I will bring you with me. Guys, these are all promises of God. And these are promises. They're good and they're trustworthy and they're true. And we can put our hope in them because God is good and trustworthy and true. And he has a track record of making all kinds of promises in the Bible constantly. I mean, throughout history, God has made promise after promise, and he has throughout history delivered on all of those promises. And so these aren't just like empty promises. These are trusting a God who has delivered on all his promises. Hebrews 6, 18 through 19 says, So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Isn't that incredible? This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. So you guys, real hope, real hope, hope that is not based on feelings or circumstances or the ability to be optimistic, hope that is not fleeting, hope that will not fail us. It all comes when we put our hope where it belongs, which is in Jesus Christ. It's when we put our hope in God and in his word, and it's in his word, it's his voice That gives us this great and trustworthy hope. It's when we put our hope in his word, in his voice. Okay, so we've been looking in chapter, um, well, we've been looking in John, we've been studying John. And so today we're looking at John chapter 10, starting in verse nine. This is what Jesus says. He says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. Verse 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now, then he says in verse 12, a hired hand, pretty much however, will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I 
am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. And here's a few more verses. They're so powerful. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. The father and I are one. Guys, it's incredible, right? When we put our hope in God, it's not blind faith. It's not wishful thinking. We are putting our hope in the God that we know. That's why Jesus said, he said, my sheep know me and I know them. They know my voice and follow me. Again, it's not putting, putting our hope, it's not like, it's not a shot in the dark. It's putting our lives into the one, into the hands of the one who loves us more than anything. He loved us enough to die for us. That is very different than choosing to put our hope in something random or someone random who doesn't love us, who doesn't provide for us, who doesn't always show up for us unconditionally no matter what. He talks about when we do that, when we put our hope in anything other than him, it's like trusting in the hired hand. And he says that is so different. That is nothing like trusting the father. That is nothing like trusting the owner. I have this really embarrassing story to tell you um, of something that I did when I was in fifth grade. Like, it still is embarrassing to me um, to this day. I look back and I just, I shudder. Um, but I was at a friend's house. Um, and so I don't know how old we were, in the fifth grade, 11, 12. And one of her neighbors down the street asked uh, my friend and I to babysit their kid for a minute. And I, I don't think it was very long. Again, we were very young. Maybe she had to run to the store or something. I don't know. And so we're like, oh, yeah, sure. And so we go and we babysit the kid for a little bit. And we put the kid to bed. And it's starting to get dark outside. And so we put the kid to bed. Everything's fine. But then it starts getting really dark. And then the house starts making really weird noises, right? We've never been in this house before. It's like creaking and cracking. And there's noise. And somehow my friend and I completely freak ourselves out and we get so scared that we just run out of the house, apparently to go like get her mom down the street, but we leave the kid in the house, apparently to fend for itself, right? I mean, I think about that all the time and I'm like, talk about not trusting the hired hand, right? I mean, we, like, we just fleed. We got scared and we ran. A parent would never do that. A parent would never leave a kid in danger. no. You guys know a parent would do anything to protect their child from danger. They would do whatever they could to keep their child safe, do what is best for the child. You guys, that's what Jesus is saying. He is saying, he's, you know me and you trust me because you are mine and because I am yours. And he's saying, and because you are mine, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you because I am the good shepherd. I will always do what is best for you. You guys, there are times when we all put our hope in all the wrong places. You know, we put our hope in people who unfortunately let us down. We put our hope in politics, in prosperity, in professions, in professionals. But all those are just hired hands. They all make promises they can't always keep. They are all often here one day and gone the next, but not Jesus. Jesus is love and his promises and his presence in our lives is a constant in our lives and will never, ever fail us ever. 
And that's why only hope that is placed in Christ can truly be an anchor for our souls. And if there was ever a year we all needed an anchor, this would be it, right? So number one, I want us to remember, our hope is rooted in promise. Number two, our hope, our hope in Christ, it empowers perseverance. Our hope enables us to persevere whatever comes our way, whatever trials come. And the Bible is really clear, trials will come our way. And our hope in Christ is what gets us through that. I mean, and it's, a, it's amazing what you can endure when you have a reason to. I mean, just think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? He did not want to go through all of those things, all that he was about to go through, the beatings, the lashings, the, the humiliation, the, the excruciating pain. But he actually chose to go through, through those things. Why? Well, Hebrews 12, 2 and 3 says, it was for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That's why. He knew that there was purpose in the suffering. He, he knew that that purpose out, outweighed the pain. I mean, even that much pain. He knew that the purpose, that the outcome outweighed the pain. And so the hope and the joy of what was ahead enabled him to go through the hardship of what he had to endure in the present. Does that make sense? Okay, so think about it. When is the last time you really had to persevere through something, right? I mean, maybe you, maybe you recently ran a, a marathon or maybe a long time ago you ran a marathon. It is painful to run a marathon, but the purpose and the outcome and the victory that lies ahead, it outweighs the pain, right? And that's why people do it. Or maybe it's more serious than that. Like maybe you or someone you know had to go through the horror of cancer treatments, but the hope of being healed or the hope of one day being in remission outweighed the suffering of the present. And so that enabled you or that enabled your loved one to endure it. Guys, the point is we can get through anything in this life, anything, any suffering, any hardship, any struggle, any pain, when we have hope that there is good that will come in the end. And this is true even when we don't actually know what good could come from it. You know, like lots of times we have to go through really hard things and we have no idea why. Like we can't even fathom the reason or the purpose. But hope is incredibly powerful because hope helps us believe that there is a purpose even if we don't understand it. Hope helps us believe that maybe one day we will understand even if we don't understand it now. So Oswald Chambers. Um, he writes like the, my utmost for um, the highest. And actually, fun fact, his wife writes most of those books under his name. So I don't know if he said this or his wife said this, but um, the quote is, uh, faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. Faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. And that's important because even when we maybe doubt the goodness of the outcome, we don't ever have to doubt the goodness of God. And that's what helps us endure whatever comes our way. Paul wrote um, something powerful in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. He says, Therefore we do not lose heart, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 
So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Christ Jesus, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. I love that. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I love that, you guys. Hope in Christ will not put us to shame. It will not disappoint. It will not fail us. What it will do is help us endure and persevere anything that comes our way. Hope in Christ helps us go the distance. And in the process, we will become stronger for it and even better at it the next time we face the trials. For example, I mean, just like resistance in the gym makes your muscles grow stronger, resistance in life strengthens your faith and your hope in God. And over time, like as your faith grows and as your hope grows, what normally would like have rocked your world becomes something you actually can take in stride knowing that God is with you and that God will carry you through this too, right? I love uh, so many of the older people in this church have been such incredible testimonies to me as I've watched them go through trials and they've just taken it in stride. It's because they've sort of been there, done that, and their hope and their faith has grown and they know that God will carry them through this too. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That's another incredible promise. So number one, our hope is rooted in promise. Number two, our hope empowers perseverance. Number three, our hope fills us with anticipatory patience. What in the world does that mean? Anticipatory patience. Well, it's a lot like Christmas, right? When I was a kid, I could hardly wait for Christmas Day to come. I always made a countdown on the whiteboard in my room, right? I had a countdown to my birthday, and then I had a countdown to Christmas. It was really fun to like just be so excited for that one day to come. Uh, my kids now have a countdown snowman thing they do. Um, I know a lot of people do an advent calendar. You know, I love Christmas so much, but I've never done an advent calendar. But I, I think the idea is that you get like a piece of chocolate every day. It's kind of like like a, just a little taste of what of the joy that is to come, you know, when Christmas gets here, counting down to Christmas is like this major thing because we can't wait for it to get here. However, I also can wait for it to get here because the truth is I love the whole season, right? And, and it seems like the older I get, the more I learn to just enjoy the season rather than just wish for that one day. You know, my kids are already like, oh, it's only two more weeks. And they're so excited. And I'm like, oh, two more weeks. Like there's so many things I want to do. But listen, we have this great anticipation for Christmas Day to come, but we also have great patience in the waiting, knowing that that day will come and knowing that there's actually good and there's purpose and there's sweetness in the days leading up to it. You guys, that's what it's like when we put our hope in Christ. Advent is all about the fact that, yes, Jesus came, but it's all about the fact that Jesus is coming again. 
And so it's about us watching and waiting and anticipating the day when Jesus will come back again. And when he does, that will be the greatest day ever. That will be the day when the kingdom comes in full, when there will finally be no more tears and no more pain and everything that is broken in this world will finally be fixed and all that is wrong will be made right. That is going to be a really, really good day. We're supposed to look forward to that day. However, we, because we know that that day is coming, we can have peace and patience in the meantime because, because God is so good because God is so good, and because he's so good, he gives us glimpses of the kingdom now, kind of like a foretaste of what it will be like, a lot like those little pieces of chocolate in an advent calendar. We have these like kingdom now moments that show us how incredible it will one day be when he comes in full. And so we're excited, and we're supposed to be excited, but hope makes us patient. Hope makes us patient. Hope makes us realize that there is good and purpose and sweetness in the waiting You know, every time I'm like, God, just come already. I just want you to come already. I just think about all the people who don't yet know him. And then I realize there is a reason for the waiting. There's a reason he has not yet come. And so, yes, we're excited, but we're we're also patient for that day. Okay, last thing is number four. Okay, so we know hope is rooted in promise. It helps empower perseverance. It fills us with this anticipatory patience. And the last thing is this, our hope changes us in the present. Now, our hope in Christ changes who we are now. Remember, it's like this hope for the future, but it changes who we are now. I read this story about this chaplain who was working at a hospital, and he had... um, he had two different rooms of people across the hall from each other, and both rooms had someone who was dying, like way too young. And both rooms were filled with family that were grieving and that were sad and were just, you know, trying to grasp the fact that they are losing a loved one. He said they, the, the rooms were, it was like the same circumstance. It was the same situation. He said, however, but those two rooms were completely different from one another. He said, one room had a family in there with no hope. They only had despair. And the chaplain would walk in the room and he would offer to pray and they would refuse. They would say, they don't believe in that and they don't want to hear that. And that room was heavy and it was dark and it was cold and the family was angry. And all, all there was was grief and despair. But then he said he literally would just walk across the hall, and it was so different. He said that family was also grieving, but there was something different in that room. And he said in that room there was hope. There was, there was hope, and that hope made, made the room just feel lighter. The, 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 the air, the room, it was just somehow brighter. He said somehow there was even laughter. There was just this like spirit of peace in the midst of this pain. And he says it was because this family knew that this was not the end, that they would see their loved one again. And it was all because of the hope they had in Christ. They were completely different. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 14. This is powerful. It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. 
Guys, our hope in Christ changes who we are and how we are now. We live differently. We love differently. We grieve differently. We laugh differently. And that's because hope for Christians is a way of life. It's a way of life. It's knowing like deep in our bones that God will bring us through anything that comes our way and that no matter what, no matter what, better days are sure to come. That is hope. As we sort of wrap up, um, I'll share that one of my favorite things about the Proverbs 31 woman, and that's what, you know, you grew up in church and everyone's like, oh, you need to be the Proverbs 31 woman. She's the epitome of a godly woman and all these things. Well, <laughs> the Proverbs 31 woman is like, is, is who I strive to be. I want to be just like her. And the, the, the biggest thing that I, that I kind of lack and I see in her and I want to have is that she laughs at the days to come. She laughs at the days to come. That is like this huge goal of mine. I want to have so much hope of what is to come that I will never have fear in the present. I want to have so always that I would never have fear, that I could just take it in stride because I know that God will always somehow, some way work all things out for the good of those who love him. That's how we should be as Christians. Yes, we're going to grieve, and yes, we're going to laugh, and yes, we're going to you know, mourn. We're going to do all the things, but we're going to do it differently because we have hope. We know better days are sure to come. So as David comes on up, what my hope is for you today is that I hope that you see that you can't live a single day without hope. But I hope that you don't fall for the trap of putting your hope in the hired hands, of putting your hope in, in all the wrong things and, and maybe your next nap, right? Or, or the next meal or your next vacation or the politician or the vaccine, right? Or even those good test results. I pray that you see that the only the only place to put your hope really is in Christ, the good shepherd who lived for you, who died for you, who is coming back for you, and who will never, ever let you down. Yes, it's only hope in Christ. Only hope in Christ can be an anchor for our souls. And like I said, if we ever needed an anchor for our souls, it would be right now. And so as we go into our time of Selah and we just process, you know, what hope is and what an incredible gift hope is, I just want to speak to the people who maybe this is the year that is just like, this is the year you feel like your optimism is gone, your positivity is gone, like there's nothing left. And I just, I just want to pray that God will instill you with hope, that will give you the gift of hope like never before. And maybe, maybe in this moment, God will reveal to you maybe the hired hands, maybe the things that you have put your hope in, and that you will say, okay, Lord, I'm going to set those things down, and I'm going to put my hope in you. I'm not going to put my hope in what is seen. I'm going to put my hope in what is unseen and what is eternal. So let's pray together.